Our guest today is running for the county clerk recorder registrar voters position for Humboldt County. I'm not really sure where the race stands right now. Last I checked, it was close. I couldn't really find any updated information, so I, I'm assuming it's still close. I believe more information is coming out on the 18th, so we will see what happens then. In the meantime, please give it up for Tiffany Hunt Nielsen. Yeah, the water thing, it's weird. It always trips me out. I wasn't a huge water consumer when I was younger, but as you get older, you really start to appreciate, well, yeah, absolutely. we need to drink water. I have three kids that are, the youngest is 17, so I've always pushed water. And kind of a family joke is if you're hurt, like my mom always says, go drink water. <laughs> so I'm like, water is a solution. It's actually a start for the solution, in my opinion. If you're tired, if you're hungry, if you're something, go drink some water and then see how you feel after that. We have that in my family. Whenever somebody says, I'm not feeling that great, it's always, well, did you drink enough water today? Exactly. Oh, you have a headache. You should probably drink some more water. 100%. Absolutely. So how has the campaign been going? The campaign has been interesting. It's been a very long process, and um, I'm excited for it to be over. <laughs> that seems to be the general consensus for mm -hmm. anybody that runs. Yes. Is It's a lot. I'm ready for it to be done. Yes. Well, in Technically, I mean, we'll be have been campaigning for a year because we both started in December of last year. So by the time it's over, it'll be a, a whole year. So it's it's a long process. A lot of time. It's a lot of time, a lot of commitment. I had it's like a second job. Um, honestly, I work full time at the recorder's office, and then I'm like, okay, after hours, I can do campaigning and weekends and things, and um, trying to fit it all in is is that the biggest challenge is just finding the time for well, it well luckily my like i said my three kids are mostly grown um and i was a very busy mom when they were all in school and um with sports and all the things and so i i know how to manipulate my time to make it make it all work um it's just some people want you to be in two places at once and i have to be very strict on my schedule so so does it switch as soon as you clock out and now you're in campaign mode? Now we got to hit yes, the ground running. Yes, yes, Well, or when I go to lunch, like, you know, I can't go to the bank after hours. You can't go to do certain, um, I can't go to the election office because they close from 12 to 1. Luckily, my lunch is at 1. So if I have to do any business with them, it has to be at, that, at my lunch hour. So I have to fill all that time in and figure all of that out. That is a crazy grind. Yeah. And to do it for a year. Is that the standard time no, for a position like this? No, I don't think so. Well, because we were we're in a runoff, so this is this is our second bout of it with the general election versus the primary. So, mm -hmm. um, we're the only campaign in Humboldt that has to had to do the second because um, everybody else got yes or no in in the primaries. So you guys are special. Well, we're so we're running off. <laughs> yeah, the runoff is um is interesting. Did had, you anticipate a runoff? I didn't until the third person popped up, and then I thought, well, you know, it could be what it is. I didn't really understand all of the processes. I, I'm my my background is at the recorder's office and in, in the, the document records, so that's why I'm running. Um, and his background is in the election office, and so he knows a lot of those processes. I've had to learn them all, which is also part of the. I mean, I'm reading the um, election handbook and all of the you know the statutes and regulations because I do that all at the recorder's office all the time. Um, but I certainly didn't know all the election uh, rules and laws. So that's something that I'm trying to pick up. And, and I've been 
studying that. <laughs> and I would imagine that there are a lot of them. Yes, yes. So yes. to play catch up is kind of yes, it's a lot. The greatest part is that this the Secretary of State is the chief election officer. So that position um, is it's black and white. You know what you're supposed to do. All of the rules and regulations are right there for you. Versus the recorder, clerk, recorder's office, we don't have that oversight. We are at each county can interpret things the way that they choose to do so. Um, so that's we really have to know the background and the bare bones of the laws, and then we can interpret things by based on that. One of the interesting things that I found in prepping for this interview with you and prepping for the one with Juan is this recurring theme that there seems to be a lot of emphasis placed on the registrar voters aspect of the job. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? I think it's just become in the last four to six years such a highlight for people. It, it, people are becoming more passionate about election, which I think is wonderful. But I also think that um, our elections in our county have been run very smoothly um, with no fraud involved and things like that. But you listen to national news and there's all kinds of hoopla um, for the elections. The clerk recorder's office, you don't hear about us because there's no drama. I mean, we really are um, that office that the things that we handle have been around since the 1850s. Literally, the documents that we handle are that old, um, over 150 years old. So um, and we do them every day. And, but they're there for prosperity. We have to know what, what what's going to happen um, with those documents in the future. And we hold on to them. Um, but there's not a lot of drama. And now because of that, that national news story of election mm -hmm. fraud and this and that mm -hmm. now you guys now every election is kind of pulled into the spotlight of that 100 percent. well and i think the election official in the, each county um needs to be held to a high standard and i think we have in our county i believe that that's that's happened i think carolyn and kelly both have done a good job of doing that um i wasn't old enough to vote prior to carolyn so i wasn't sure who was the elected official at that time and i think that things were set up very differently um, prior to Carolyn taking over, I think in 2009, eight or nine, um, because it was a, um, through the state as well. So do you think that some of that, that aspect, I guess, of people just paying attention to that role more is a good thing? Or do you think it's just that it's a little unnecessary and um, that we are running smooth? We are, we're doing everything we're supposed no, to. No, I think it's great for people to be passionate about elections and, and, um, have an interest in that and know what their rights are and, and, um, get everybody involved to vote. I think the more people who vote, the better our society will be. Um, but I also think that on the flip side of that, they create more drama with their opinions and their, their, um, the media creating falsehoods in false, false opinions of people for people. You, you seem to be attached to that a little bit yourself. I read a couple articles that tie you to being an election denier. Oh, that's a, what is completely what, false? What is the story? Those are not articles I, about me. Those I was not. reading that and I was like, why does this keep because it comes up a lot? And I, I didn't I think really that's understand in somebody it. else's camp. They're trying to aim that towards me. And um, that's completely false and un, unjustly accused. I think I'm that. Um, there's no. I wouldn't be running for this position if I didn't believe in the process. I would be pretty crazy. It, yeah. Well, that would be just ludicrous because I. I believe in the process and I, I want to do right by the people. And there's just no, no clout to that accusation at all. That's ludicrous to me. And honestly, I, I answered the question, the president, because a lot of time they've created this 
uh, illusion of me based on the my answer that the president of the United States won the election. And um, for their interpretation, their purposes, they I assume think that I, that could be anybody. But the person who's sitting in the office is the president of the United States at the time. The question was asked, and I don't have that mentality that it wasn't real. The election wasn't real. So I didn't um, anticipate that question, and apparently I didn't answer it to the likeness of others. It made sense to me. So for people that don't know, the question was asked of, I believe it was, who won the 2020 presidential Mm -hmm. election? Mm -hmm. And your response was, the president. And I rolled that off as kind of you saying, well, duh, it's the person in the office. But it seemed like it was read into in that you didn't want to respond who the president was. I just believe that the president of the United States is the person sitting in the office. I don't consider that. And that's not wishy-washy for me. So. It seemed pretty direct when yeah. I read it. Like, it's the president. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Was that attached to you from the beginning of your campaign? Has that been a more recent development? Um, it was during the primary that that, that um, happened. And actually, I had a former coworker slash boss she was a manager of the uh, escrow department and i was in the title department but we worked together on a daily basis like i saw her um all the time she actually called me on the phone and asked me about that question and i said to this person um you know me you know that that's not how i react to those things and she still had questions about that and so i had to to think about outside my box and think about what they're what they're actually asking me and think about what they expect from me. And I, I'm pretty straightforward. I'm very to the point, honest, um, you're going to get what you see. And, um, so I had to come up with more verbiage for that. And I answered it on my website as well. And it's just, I still get emails probably every week about that question. Wow. And it's, I still get accused. So if I say Joseph Biden, somebody, I answered, I sent me an email and I said, answer Joseph Biden was president, 46th president of the United States. And the person told me that I answered wrong because I didn't say Joe Biden. And I just stopped communicating with that person. <laughs> it's just ludicrous to me. It's almost like you can't win no, at this point. They've already formed their opinion and they're just trying to I, goat me into a conversation or a fight. And I'm, I'm not willing to fight about it. It's a fact to me. It's a fact, period. It's, it's so crazy. The world that we live in now where that is like a selling point, mm-hmm. but that's what it's become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get those, you're getting those emails weekly. Mm-hmm. Is this coming from a lot of people still? Has it died down? Um, it's, I get it asked. I mean, I went to Apple Harvest. People asked me about the question, the same question. And, and if that's the only thing that you can see not trusting me about, honestly, have a conversation with me. I would love to have a conversation with you. This to me is a fact. This is the president of the United States. I do not deny the election, period. So, um, well, it's not like your first response to that question was, oh, you know, I don't really know. I don't want to talk about or it. Or that I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. You deny said the president. It. I didn't. Deny it. And they just read into it. You think that's a kind of a political hit yes, on you? Yes. They're trying to bring politics into an office that is nonpartisan. And to me, that is also wrong. Our job is to remain neutral as the election official in the county. And um, if you have political ties then that's harder to do is that why you registered no, no party preference party? Yeah. no party preference mm-hmm. absolutely i was previously um, registered as a republican prior to running for the office and um that's mainly because that's what my family was when i first registered when i was 18 years old so um it i've always looked at every 
part of each election and every candidate individually and decided on who I wanted to vote on, where their morals wrote, lied with mine. I wonder if that's where a lot of that stems from, is the fact that you were a one-time Republican. That's mm-hmm. almost a dirty word nowadays. <laughs> I don't know that... Um, yeah, it's difficult. So my opponent won, was previously a Democrat, and then he went to no party preference, and then he went back to a Democrat. And so a lot of people are asking me questions about that. And um, I think that having political ties is wrong in this office. Do you think that discredits Juan where he went back from no party preference? For some people it might. For some people it might not. Um, might, they, it may align with their their wishes. So they may vote for him for that purpose, and that probably is why he would have done that. I think it's hard because what is Juan had a quote on here that kind of stuck with me. It's the appearance of impropriety is almost worse than the impropriety 100%, itself. 100%. And that's hard when you're running for a position, as, especially as you guys have to walk this fine line mm-hmm. of, okay, we're right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think to an extent that comes from a good place, mm-hmm. that wanting to remain impartial. Absolutely. I think we should all want to do that. Absolutely. We should all vote for the best candidate. Mm-hmm. vote for the best person vote mm-hmm. for the best ideas and i think that gets lost sometimes as people want to just play those party games of well you got to be this or you got to be in this camp you got to follow right. these lines you can't right. break out of that there's a lot through this whole campaign process um i was no i didn't have any political aspirations i didn't realize how political this position would get um or be uh and that was probably my me being naive I didn't want to think about that. And I didn't really, going into the campaign, going into choosing to run, I came from the platform of uh, the clerk recorder's office has been pushed to the wayside um, by the elected official that's currently in office um, just because it wasn't her specialty and um, her her background wasn't in that. It was all in elections. And so a lot of, um, when I worked at the title company, oftentimes we would have questions for her that she couldn't answer. And so she had to take them to a higher power. And I thought, well, that's just not right. And then, or it would take time. And when you're dealing with your first house purchase or you're getting a loan to build your house or you're getting, um, trying to close an escrow for any reason, it's very hairy. <laughs> and there are a lot of parts. And um, on the last day when you're ready to close and you want to record your documents is not the time when you want something to be st- stood at a, at a halt. And it's very, very scary for some people. Um, real estate. And it's not just the people who are buying the house or the buying, p- selling the house or the escrow company. It's their agents. It's their agent's family. It's the moving company. It's the roofer that's going to put on a roof next week. It's all of these people, all of these parts that people don't really think about the big picture. And I come from the big picture. So I, um, I have a lot of passion for that, for that position. Well, you two are unique in that you both come from those different sides. Mm-hmm. Juan's got the election side and you have the clerking side. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's an interesting split. Yeah, it is. It is. And I have have experience working in his office. He, His claims of working in our office are very limited. Um, he's helped with some administration stuff because we uh, our manager retired earlier this year and um, one wasn't chosen to take that position. Uh, even though some of us applied. So Kelly needed the assistance of a manager who had the authority to do some of the paperwork for new hires and things like that. And that's that's his extent. And that's one of his big pillars, right, is that mm-hmm. he comes from the administration mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. 
And I come from the hardworking blue collar side. Do you think that gives you an advantage? How do you think that translates into the I position? Think, um, I think both are important. I really, really do. I think administration for each office will be um, definitely learnable. Uh, there are a lot of resources. We work for the county. There are a lot of resources to learn how to do all of those aspects. And uh, I think you need to have a foundation um, knowing what you're you know, asking your employees to do every day. I think you need to know what they do and what they go through to help um, have some compassion for, for their position, for their job, for the things that they are doing and, and dealing with. Some of them can be stressful. I would imagine a lot of it can be stressful, <laughs> especially, I mean, for the clerking position back when houses were just booming. Everything was selling. You got to oh, be on the ball. Six months ago. Six months ago. I mean, the, the market has definitely changed. Our whole society has changed in the last six months. And for the last two years, um, it was on the boom. It was a pretty big deal. In 08, it was a big deal, you know, and then the crash happened. And so um, there's, I've been here long enough and I understand the, the ebb and flow of things um, so I can help people. Are you worried about the lack of experience regarding the election side? Or do you think you can learn that? I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I watched Carolyn go through it when she got assigned the job um, because in 07 and 08. I was coming up to the recorder's office daily, sometimes twice a day. And Carolyn and I were actually, we called each other neighbors. We lived, um, I lived down this, up the street from her um, at that time and uh, for a short time. And so um I watched her stress and I watched her transition and she came out beautifully and she handled it well. And um, I know that I can handle that as well. You feel confident in that? Very much so. I know there's a lot to learn, but I know that I'm up to the task. I'd be a little worried if you said you weren't up to the task, right? You almost have to <laughs> you say You should you be are. worried. Yeah, you should be, be worried if alarming. I said, um, I'm really not going to do it. <laughs> One of the things, and I actually made note of this because it kind of caught my eye, is that in reference to kind of the transparency aspect mm -hmm. of the position. If I can find that here. You said that the recorder's office has had a break in communication with a lot of the public. Mm -hmm. What do you think that stems from? Because of the lack of timeliness, like, like I said, with the, the process. Uh, right, the process. If you deliver a document to be recorded and it takes another day, if it takes an hour, you're holding up uh, an escrow, you're holding up transactions, you're holding up an entire process. And so immediate response is required, in my opinion. How do you plan on fixing that? that one I've, I've really helped with that. I've been at the recorder's office three and a half years. And so I, um, I talked with my manager when we'd have those kinds of issues. She, she did work from home for most of COVID. Um, Which probably so didn't help. With communication. Yeah, absolutely. So, there, so, so we were the face. The, the people in the office were the face. And we never closed. We were open. Um, people couldn't come in for a little bit, but then we transitioned into that and, and handled it very well, I think. Pardon me. Um, but opening lines of communication and being able to actually have a conversation with people when they walk in the door and actually pointing people in the right direction. A lot of people come into the clerk recorder's office thinking that we're court related and we are not. And so, um, and that stems from 98 or 99 when they transitioned from the state, a state office, the courts, um, uh, went to being a state office instead of a county office. And so the county clerk uh, wasn't always, it, it isn't. There are actually three clerk positions. So you can be a court reporter clerk, you can be um, a county clerk, and you can be a clerk recorder. And so there's a lot of different 
a lot of confusion and a lot of people get frustrated. By the time they make it to the fifth floor, they've asked four, t- four times how to where they're supposed to go. And then we have to send them to a different direction in a different way. And they get um, a little bit frustrated. And so having some compassion and giving them real results and real uh, direction is very necessary. And I sometimes give out a phone number. I give them an address if they have to go to a different location. There's a lot of um, ways to smooth things over with people. And one of my jobs was marketing when I was at the title company. And so I got to be out in the public and answer a lot of questions that uh, a lot of people had about just how their escrow was supposed to work or what happens after escrow happens. And so that's knowledge that I come to this job with that um, opens those lines of communication for people. Yeah. And it sounds like it's kind of a maze. It is. Hearing you talk about that, that building sounds (laughs) a little hectic. It is. It is. Yes. I'm actually... um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I'm actually on a jury right now. So um, I'm learning about that process, but it is all court related. And um, I've never been on a jury before. So it's kind of interesting. I just got a jury summons. Mm. I haven't, I haven't been. Don't forget to go. Yeah. (laughs) Your civic duty. Well, and it's, I've never, ever been sent upstairs before. And so it was kind of interesting to, to go through the whole process. And this is your first time being on a jury? First, first time ever. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son, we all of my kids are adopted. And so he was um, my young, well, he's 18 now, but when he was a baby, he had a lot of medical issues. And so growing up, um, I had to take him to hospitals once a month. And so there was a lot of times that we had to be out of the area. Um, So yeah, jury duty got postponed quite often. I think that happens for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty relatable. (laughs) Life kind of just gets in the way. Well, yeah. And your other responsibilities, you can't be, you have appointments, you have to go. Yeah, and to take time off work. I mean, mm-hmm. How many people are just living paycheck to paycheck? Well, I mean, I work for the county now, so luckily it's part of that job. It is, it's included. That's but, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was reading over where it says their reimbursement is like 63 cents. That's for mileage. For gas, yeah, yeah, for mileage. But other than that, I mean, if you weren't, you I need think you're to supposed work. to get $15 a day. I don't know. Is that what it is, 15 And you bucks. can waive that. You can waive that. Wow. Yeah, it's the transparency aspect in all of government mm-hmm. is a big is mm-hmm. a big factor. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested? I brought this up to Juan. Because those two positions are merged, mm-hmm. the idea that they're in two separate buildings oh. seems a little ridiculous. So I think that do you know where elections was before? They moved? I do not. Okay. So do you have you ever been to, to be the... fair? I don't even think I if you asked me I would know where the offices are right now. Okay, perfect. Wise. Okay. Let's give you a little little map, because that's what something in my mind that I like to do. So the planning department, do you know where that is? Um used to be the general hospital up yes. on eight between okay. Yep. So election office had a tiny little basement office prior to moving to where they are now, which is over by Harley Davidson. So they're out there, and which is where DHHS is. They have some offices out there. And so it's a very large building. It used to be a mall um, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, so they are accessible to the public. They are on a single floor, sing- first floor building um, and accessible to the public, which is necessary for, you know, people with um, the disabilities and things like that. Also, um, they have a lot of security issues that they've actually brought up and they're, they're getting up to speed. So they're, um, I think they're installing cameras, doing the, the, um, badges that they can get into the building and things. So it's all monitored. And I think that's very important for their security. For our office, we are located on the fifth floor at the courthouse, which used to be the jail before they built the new jail. So it has a separate (laughs) elevator to get to it. So you couldn't go out on the elevators from the ground floor and the first floor. 
up to four, and then you get on a separate elevator, go to five. So it is complicated to get to. Also, you have to go through security. You have to take off all, you know, take your guns and put them back in your car and things like that. Um, so putting the two offices together would be an amazing idea, but they're they're facilitated very differently. And I think it's um, necessary to have them in two different locations. Also, the recorder's office requires. Have you ever been to our office? I've not. Okay. So we have. We have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of books. Then there are, you know, 10 to 15 pounds each. Also, we have the map books, which are four to six feet wide, long. And um, so we need a lot of space and the public needs access to all of those documents because that is their right. Um, so we need to have them available to everyone to open and things like that. So we have a very large facility upstairs um, for the public to to access. Also, we have a lot in storage um, behind the, the scenes. Also, we have all the birth, death and marriage certificates in books. So that's all those books require a lot of security as well. And a lot of um, so the birth, death and marriage certificates have to be behind locked doors. And or, you know, secured behind um, for employees only. Um, so moving us would be extremely difficult. And um, I, I don't think that it would be right to move the election office up to our office. Um, there's just no space for them and having the accessibility for the people. Um, we do um, at the when we do marriages or people need certificates, specific certificates, they can um, ask us to come downstairs if they ha can't get out of their vehicle. We did that quite a bit during COVID where we could come down and check their IDs and things like that. Um, for the access there, you know, people don't enjoy coming to our office because they have to go through security and all of those hoops to get there. But it's, um, it's a big enough space for us. Logistically, it would be a mess trying to transport everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess, a better question for that is, what does the time commitment look like? Because the clerk recorder position seems like it's a year-round full-time thing. 100%, absolutely. Is that the same for the... Elections office? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things to do. I think they, they have four to five full-time employees year-round, and then they have, you know, a, extra help a lot um, during the election season. Yeah, come in. Um, so um, at the recorder's office, it's ebb and flow. Like I said, we six months ago... Things were hopping and things were very busy um, and for recording purposes, a lot of transfers of property. Um, and people always need birth, death and marriage certificates. People are wanting to get married all the time, um, but mostly the summertime is our busiest time for that. And we perform up to four weddings in the office a day, except for Fridays. Um, so sometimes they want to bring in more people uh, with COVID. Um, we've only been allowed to have them and maybe one witness. And so uh, I think things need to change a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot your question. <laughs> it was just the time commitment. For oh, time position. commitment. So the elected official, Kelly, has not been at the clerk recorder's office much since I've been there. And I've been there three and a half years. I would say 90% of the time she is at the elections office. And I'm not sure if that has a lot to do with how much turnover they've had in the last few years. With COVID, a lot of things were fluid and we were pretty stable at the re clerk recorder's office we have um our manager did retire this year and we did uh, lose a full-time employee um or a couple of them actually for personal reasons um so there's been a little bit of turnover at the recorder's office it does take up to two years to train a new recorder especially if they're coming in green without any experience um so uh the time commitment that's required for managing both offices i think it should be split a little bit less than 10% and 90%. 
um, or differently. I would I would try and do 50-50. Certainly during election time, you would need to be there for election purposes. But um, I enjoy being at the recorder's office also. So You like it over there? Yes, I do. Why do you think the predecessor has not split her time? You think it's more so tied to the turnover? I've heard that with the county just in general. Mm-hmm, is there's mm-hmm. a high turnover right now. There, yeah. Um, before that, I mean, prior years, she she didn't split her time evenly either prior to COVID, prior to me working there. Um, I would go in there probably two or three times a month and not never see her. Um, so I don't... I'm not sure what she chose, why she chose not to spend a lot of time at the recorder's office. I, um, maybe because she thought it was handled properly and, and didn't need her oversight. Also, technology has changed a lot of things. I mean, we've could, we've done Zoom meetings with her at the elections office and us. Um, and, you know, phone and email work pretty well. But like I said, I think face-to-face communication um, is important. And um, having your face be where the public can see it is important as an elected official. So what made you decide to run? My history with, my plan was always to uh, run eventually. I didn't expect Kelly to not run this time. I expected to have four more years to prepare. I wasn't quite, um, I wanted more experience in the elections office and more time to um, to expand all of my knowledge there. Um, but I had always, when I left the title company, that was my plan. Oh, even back then. Well, I left the title company three and a half years. Three and a half ago, years. So, so yeah, right yeah. when you entered the position, you were pretty much preparing. My to, goal was to become the elected official. Mm-hmm. Not take it away from her. Just take it, you know, to to become the elected official. So when she chose not to be. Why is that? Uh, because I said, like I said, I feel like the uh, real estate business and and the companies, the real estate professionals, uh, surveyors, things like that, they they lacked communication with her. And I wanted to open up those communication lines. I in marketing, I got to talk to all of them, and we we had lots lots of conversations uh, about um, her attendance at the recorder's office. Had you noticed that there was some sort of void in regard to that when you were working for the title company? Absolutely, mm-hmm. you could feel mm-hmm. it even mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, because I would have questions, or we'd have we've had to have a dispute. A manager would um, call, try and contact her, and and couldn't get to her. And like I said, things are very uh, timely with escrows and things. So uh, it was it was definitely a void, uh, missing communication. Is that part of the reason why you switched from the title company? We were employee owned. Uh, Humble Land Title uh, Company was employee owned um, the entire time that I worked there until the last six months, and we sold our um, our board. And our employees chose to sell our assets to a corporation. And me being the marketer, it was really difficult for me to market a corporation. I liked being able to market that we were employee-owned, that we were from the ground up um, and very dedicated. And I didn't like the morals of the corporation. And they were all about the bottom line. And I was about the people. Why did they? I hadn't heard that. Why did they want to switch? Um, Well, um, our president had been there 67 years. And she was ready to retire. Um, our controller also retired. Our vice president retired. Our uh, escrow officer, uh, chief escrow officer, retired. Um, so it was it was a time and age thing, and you know, time for them to to leave it to the rest of us. And uh, we couldn't. We weren't cultivated in a way that we could take over being employee owned, at, and them all leave <laughs> at the same time. 
there was no transitional mm-hmm, phase for that. Mm-hmm. That was not part of the plan. And employee-owned companies last mostly up 10 to 15 years. So that transition often does happen to become a corporation or, or engulfed in something else. would be interested to see how that, what plays out, because Winco is employee-owned, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And but that's a, a big company. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been around. Didn't they get bought? Winco? By Walmart? I had not heard that. Did you have something over here? I thought you were trying to show me something. What is that? Oh, Andy brought up a great question, actually. And this has been pressing the Travis. What is his name? Travis Snyder. Schneider. Schneider. Yes. What do you make of that? Because that guy's been, I've been just dying. Andy and I have been so the, laughing So the mansion the on the hill that's yeah. not built. Um, so I have a lot of different opinions on that okay. based on my personal knowledge of him and um, also my my working with the planning department on a daily basis at the title company and at the recorder's office. Um, I think that he's a family man trying to do good by his family. And I don't necessarily think that um, all business is always proper. So (laughs) I don't think that was a very diplomatic answer. Well, it's true. I'm really, I don't know the facts. I don't, I don't, I haven't been had a single conversation with him or anyone about that. Actually, you're the first person, Andy, thanks a lot to bring it up. (laughs) But, um, I read that and I thought, wow, that some of those things surprised me. And some of those things, and, and having had articles written about me and accusations made about me, I'm very much leery to believe all of the things that are even in print nowadays. So um, I don't know all the facts, but I do believe that he is a good person who wants to do right by his family and has worked very hard for our community. I also know that business can go sideways sometimes. Every time I read an article that he pops up in, I just start laughing. And I don't know, I got to reach out to that guy and try and get him on because (laughs) his story seems interesting Mm -hmm. to say the least. Mm -hmm. What got me was he had that, it was a duplex or something. You filed a permit for a new roof and then just built a whole addition on top of it or something like that. And he's I like, haven't I heard thought that, that was, one. yeah, he was, he, I think he said in the article, he was under the understanding that since he still did the new roof, that it was basically up to code and fine. It's an interesting situation where you have this guy and he's an engineer, right? Or works mm-hmm. for an engineering mm-hmm. company and is not familiar with the codes. Well, Okay. Do you know how many codes there are? I would imagine building? a lot. Yeah. So you but you can't... would think a guy that does it for his living would be and a little more And how many people well-versed. does he have with him? And there's a team for all of these things. It's not just, and in different teams for each one, you know, there are different things. When you run a business, you're not, your thumb's not on every single thing. So I can't take that as, and he's taking all the responsibility, which is actually admirable in my opinion. Um, is he though? For that? I didn't think he took responsibility I mean, he's saying, well, I guess, I guess he's trying to go around it, but um, he's not denying that he was part of that. So He's not denying, but it, I don't know if taking responsibility would be the words that I would use. He kind of seems to play, and that's why it would almost be more interesting to talk with him, because he seems to be playing the role of, oh, well, I didn't really know. I didn't understand the code. Oh, I thought it worked this way. And that could be extremely genuine, mm-hmm. because you're right, there are a ton of codes. Mm-hmm. But it so, could also be a kind of a So let's cop talk out. about the road code. The road. Um, I was born and raised on a cattle ranch. My father logged quite a bit. And so I built roads myself um, on our land. And they were temporary. 
for logging purposes. And I'm like, sometimes those roads do become permanent, but then you grade them and you make them proper. So I don't know about all of those, like the road part of that was very interesting to me, that article. And like I said, I don't, I haven't talked to him. I don't know any of it, but you build a road to get to some place and then you continue using that road instead of making a new road. Um, that's the, tr it transitions. Everything is fluid. That's what I learned during COVID. Everything is fluid. <laughs> Keep on moving. He's Ebs in a bit of a shit show. Either way, I think the road, it went through marshland was the big complaint. Yeah, but I, I don't know where the location is i'm like how do you go through a marshland when you're on a hill well i think in front of him it's all marsh down below i gotta we gotta get him i'm on. super I curious do, I, I i'm like, i haven't well, looked at just, a map i don't know it's fascinating how it's unfolding and his position and all of it where he's... so i've only read the one article i don't know that anything oh else. there's a lot there's, there's a lot more oh yeah oh yeah yeah no i haven't kept up on it so. are you do you feel jaded at all with the news or with representation in that print media where you have been attacked? I mean, you two are kind of interesting in that same way where you guys are. I don't feel attacked necessarily by the media. I feel attacked by the public. Um, and they're trying to to um, goat me into to becoming angry, I guess. And I don't know if they want what they expect from that. And so um, not knowing how to, to uh, appease them is difficult. It's very difficult. I don't feel jaded by the the media so much, um, personally. You think it's the public driving that? I think that there are some people who have uh, agendas and they're trying to to instill or produce a response from me that that is going to harm me. And I'm very careful. I try to be very careful. It's hard. Not saying the wrong thing. Well, and not getting mad. Not getting mad and not taking it too personally. You don't. If they don't know me, I then come have a conversation with me have a real conversation instead of blasting me on social media or whatever you're doing do you get a lot of hate online <laughs> not necessarily like on my social media i have i've had some people trying to bait me i guess that's the right word into to a conflict and um more than i anticipated for sure i'm not that kind of person who feeds into that and i was surprised how many people want that you're not the type of person to engage in that mm -hmm. kind of rhetoric. I'm a mom. My kids are all adopted. I had to go through like screenings and trainings and all of this process to become stable. <laughs> and uh, I, I taught the grief and loss and the discipline classes for foster parents. And I learned a lot having conversations with the people, the public about um, their discipline and how they plan to discipline and all of their losses that they've had. And um, I've, I've gotten a lot of compassion from that and understanding. I know you're coming from a different place than me. So we're going to have, if you want to have a real conversation, let's do that. But if you just want to goat me into getting angry, I'm, I'm going to refrain. One of the things that I had heard in preparation for this one, particularly is that a lot of people had felt that you kind of attack one when you have the spotlight on you. I don't feel that I attack him. I'm honest. Mm -hmm. um, his the only time that I have ever tried to point that out, I because I've been told that I don't attack enough. You know, oh, really? uh, yes, that I don't have anything to um, contribute. Uh, that I don't engage enough. Um, so in our last Keat event, I did state his facts about his the League of Women Voters. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that was in reference when people were telling me that was yeah. to that. That was one time, and I did. I I tried to engage because I was told that I needed to do so. 
And I wanted to, I stated facts. This is what the facts that I know about him. And my, these are my facts. It wasn't about um, bashing him, but we are in a competition and I am the most experienced, period. Has it been hard trying to get that message out for you? No, luckily I do have um, a lot of history here, a lot of um, family and friends and community members that I've helped in the past. Um, so if they know me and they've had conversations with me, then they pretty much um, know where I'm coming from. There's a few real estate agents that I'm surprised or um, that I've had conversations with that I've helped and I've um, dealt with. And I, and they aren't supporting my, my campaign and I, I want to have conversations with them, but that, you know, they, they, we all have choices. We all make our own choices for ourselves. And, and, um, it was an eye opener for me. Just seeing which, which side people landed on. Mm -hmm. They were and, close and to I, you. I, Well, I'm not close, not close. Um, just, uh, professional history. And the professional history being in the property records and the, at the recorder's office and those kinds of things. And then they're supporting the person who I'm running against who doesn't know anything about those things. So that confused me. I don't know where, if your profession relies on my office, the office that I know a lot about, then why would you support somebody who doesn't know that office? The qualification, that seems to be a big tier of your campaign as well i noticed on your website you have that little breakdown of your qualifications <laughs> yeah, and chart. then you have other and yeah. it's just one check mark for one yeah because his, his that's why i'm running and that's the platform i'm running on that the his recorder's office has yeah the well that the recorder's office matters if you've ever walked through a door do you know who owns the property that is under your feet if you I, how many times a year do you vote once maybe twice maybe twice how many times do you walk in the door to your house? 365? Probably times two. At least. How many times do you think about who owns that property? How many times do you think about if you don't own it and somebody else owns it, do you need to know who owns it? Because it could be a corporation. You might go through a property, um, professional property management kind of deal. Um, you might need to know that. That's kind of information. Your house matters. Your, where you live, where you sleep matters. So I don't understand those who don't care about that. It's a different kind of concept for me. Do you attribute that lack of caring in, in reference to people who are supporting Juan's campaign, where you do feel like you were the more qualified candidate? I feel like I'm the more qualified candidate for the elected position. The clerk recorder is an elected position. The registrar of voters is a, um, a function under the clerk. He tried to fight me on that in the beginning as well. And um, I, there, it is the registrar of voters is not an elected position. That's period, point blank. Check it out in the statutes. Um, the state says so. <laughs> so it is not a separate electable position. But that idea of trying to, trying to get out this idea that you are more qualified, that seems to have hit a brick wall in some regards, right? You got well, censored in your... It was your candidacy statement, right, where the judge censored it or wanted you oh, to no, change no, no. it? The oh, no, 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 no. The judge, no. So I said I am the only. The word only was the only issue that they could bring up. I'm the only candidate with experience in both offices. That was a, my candidate statement. That was your statement. statement. That, was my, that was a period, a, a, a sentence in my candidate statement. Um, Kelly, as the elected official, was going to strike the entire sentence. And I could have said, okay, 
Instead, I said, what do I do instead of that? How do I just change it? Because it was past the deadline. And of course, it's past the deadline when somebody else can look at it and contest it. And she said, this is what you do. You do a writ. And so this is by directed by Kelly. Yes. And another thing that takes time because I can't talk to her about the election during business hours. So I had to email her after hours and then she had to email me and then I couldn't respond until after hours again. So it takes time. All of this time is communication that is just lacking, in my opinion, and very difficult. Um, so and I didn't know how to file a writ. So I t- contacted a couple of attorneys that I know and um, somebody took it. Somebody said, here, I'll do this for you. And so he did. And um, it was not about suing my boss. It was not about suing the county. It was about changing a word in a sentence. And that was it, period. And Kelly and I were fine. Everything is fine. Um, it became drama because people like to make drama. It's not drama. It's just factual and how you handle the process. And my attorney did locate a lot of evidence and he said I could have fought it and kept the word in. And I chose not to fight it. I just wanted to change it. Well, that was what I had read in reference to that article was that there seemed to be a lot of candidates throughout the nation that used that phrase, mm-hmm. I am the only candidate mm-hmm. who blank. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were targeted with that? I believe that my opponent's camp um, targeted that to remove it, the entire sentence. And I think that um, I could have laid down and said, okay, and I... I choose not to. And so what did you change it to? You just got rid of only. I am a candidate. Only a. I am a candidate that has experience. experience. both offices. Mm-hmm. It's that simple and that minute. And um, I did feel attacked by his camp and his, uh, but that's part of the process. That's how it works. And I'm learning all of these things. <laughs> those seem like hard lessons to, to have to go through, though, on the fly. It was a bit stressful. But a learning experience. The process of of running for office. I don't envy that. I didn't. Like I said, I had no idea how. What you were getting into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I, my political history is none. I worked, I, you know, I've been on boards and things like that, but I've never had to campaign for myself. Never had to um, put myself out there for the public. Has that, that's been. Go, stepping into the public is not as great as people think it will be. Well, and I've t- I've spoken, you know, like I said, I was in marketing. I don't mind that. But, it, you know, that's all knowledge that I have already. And um, I was raised in 4-H and FFA and talking in front of people is not as big a deal as uh, some people feel. My mom's terrified of it, but she was a teacher. I'm like, really, mom? You get in front of people. You're talking. To, yeah, you're doing Teenagers every day. Every day. <laughs> and she's like, no, I could never do that. I'm like, you do. You just don't know you do because it's the thing you're comfortable with. That when you get to a point where you're like, oh, I don't really know that answer, um, that's when you become uncomfortable. Walk me through the the email correspondence where Juan reached out. I think it was a Lost Coast thing. You had sent an email out oh, okay. referencing okay. the So positions. the history. The history. Um, Set the stage for that. Okay. So my my email was prior to the... I think it was prior to... Well, I know it was in the primary but i think it was shortly after the um, mail-in ballots for the primary had come out and i sent an email to the list um because i purchased the list from the elections office and anybody with an email on there could be emailed 
Um, so I sent an email stating uh, that, sorry, it's been a long time since I reviewed this, sorry, <laughs> um, the history of the clerk recorder's office and how in 80 and 98, um, the state took away the five clerk functions from the court operations and court operations was created and the county clerk and recorder were merged because there's so many, there's only a minimal amount of um I think that was duties. in 96. They were 96, merged. 96. Yeah. 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 Um, the courts. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so I was a senior in high school that year. So, but I was here. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm up here. Um, so then the clerk became the clerk recorder and those clerk functions include CEQA filings and notary bonds. And, um, like there's only five or six functions of that. And then later in 07 or 08, then the, um, the person who was the county clerk at that time, retained the registrar of voters he retained it because he had it um because he really didn't have a different position because uh, he didn't work for the courts and he didn't work for the, for carolyn who was the clerk recorder and so he was his own position um i don't even know if he would remained in the i mean he had to have remained an elected official you can't take that away but then as time went by the um registrar of voters was transitioned to carolyn um and they were in the basement at the time at the planning department. And that was lots of conversations that we had and, you know, mold and mildew and all these atrocious things. And, um, so my point was that the registrar of voters, the point of the email was the registrar of voters is not, not an elected position. The clerk recorder is. And, um, so that became a big fight and he called me a liar basically on that. And he didn't know the history and he claimed he he said that even in your interview that he didn't know the history because he wasn't here and that um so there was some banter about that um not between the two of us just in the emails and things and, and accusations that I was a liar and I'm sorry if you don't know the history it doesn't mean I'm a liar I was I was stating the history certainly it would be handled differently and it wouldn't be assigned by the board of supervisors it was a transition time and it had to be assigned because she couldn't be elected into the that adding that election, adding that to the title at the time because there was an election happening. So that was my entire point. And he, his camp blew that out of proportion. Well, it seemed like in the email, you were making the argument that only one of those positions was the elected official. And I think it was the recorder. Mm, I never, I didn't imply, I didn't mean that if that's how it read. Um, Um, cause I think that was his big hang up. Was it the clerk was, was, that he, was elected? Well, it seemed like that was your interpretation was that, or what was presented in that way was that you felt one of those positions was elected. The other two were board approved. I think uh, that was they the were merged with it. So mm, the transition between them as they transitioned, they were done by the board. So the board, the merging of the two, right, the merging of the clerk that and happened. The yeah. And then they became elected part of the elected title. And I don't know um, when that all happened, when the uh, registrar of voters became part of the title. And I, I couldn't find any history on that in different uh, counties because I've done some research and different counties do have it in a different way. Um, but my point for my email was purely that the uh, registrar of voters was not an elected position on its own. And that it was a function of the clerk. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody was arguing with that. I think that's pretty well 
I didn't read his email more than twice. So <laughs> you're, yeah, <laughs> I think because that was a big hang up in a lot of what I what I ran through was that it seemed like it was it was a bash on one of you two was that okay who actually knows what the position is really mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. and, what, and that's what it became an issue between who's who's who knew what that, yeah mm -hmm. um do you mind i actually have a quote from the email do you mind if i read that from his or from mine from yours okay from what i was stating uh quote a little history about the position the elected official is the recorder the clerk and registrar of voters have been appointed by the board of soups by the board of supervisors the recorder is the department head over the clerk and registrar of voters. This is why it is so important that the next recorder has experience recording. And that was pulled from Lost Coast mm -hmm. out of your email. Mm -hmm. in so that, in, I've been corrected. In that. Okay. So. I just wanted to clear that up because in that it seems pretty, pretty hard pressed. So my the distinction between the two. So it is and when you quote it back, that sounds very hard. So my point was that the recorder was in the position and then the clerk got added to it, and then the registrar of voters was added later. So I guess it's very worded wrong, but my understanding was, um, my my point was that the registrar of voters was not an elected position. Okay. Because in reading that, it gets, yeah, it gets a little, right. when you you're hear right. that, it gets a little, mm -hmm. that's what I had to ask, because mm -hmm. I wasn't quite sure. Mm -hmm. It gets a little dicey in there. Yes, yes. And I was a little hesitant in my understanding of that, because... I, obviously, I don't know anything about this. I'm bringing you guys on to try to fill me in so I can make an informed. <laughs> right. Just absolutely. like I hope people listening can mm -hmm. make informed. That's the goal. But, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And so you hear these two people running mm -hmm. and they're arguing over the details of the position. And I'm over here thinking, what are we, what is happening right now? Well, and that's the, the, they were, the transition had happened in the history. And then my point was the history had, had morphed it. Yeah. So, um, which doesn't, it's hard. That I wasn't explained. Yeah. That isn't explained yeah, properly. Yeah, that You're sounds right. different than I could have worded it differently, and that is that is truly who, truly what I my intent that um they were combined, added in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody is arguing that point. I think Juan was arguing the idea that it's appointed by the board of supervisors, but he's wrong that it was at that time done, and then it became the a merge of the elected officials so the registrar of voters was appointed to the clerk i thought that had always been a function of the clerk so it when they separated them in the so this is what carolyn cernich told me i had lunch with her i had a conversation with her and i got a lot of my information from her the way that i worded a lot of these things are from her, carolyn set you up yes um so and then i've done a lot of research since then I've talked to a few board supervisors. Obviously, none of them were here at that time. So everything is it's transitioned. I mean, it's been 20-something years, almost 30 years. So um, when the court became a function of the state, the clerk position was an elected position who oversaw the courts and those five functions of the clerk and had, I guess, the registrar of voters under him. When the state took over the courts... And the clerk functions, the five clerk functions went to Carolyn. Um, she was appointed because it wasn't an elected time at that time. She was appointed the clerk of those things. And then the registrar of voters. And I think that person, I want to say his name was Lindsay. I think he had a few other 
tasks that he retained from when he was the county clerk um, because he wasn't an elected official. He had to maintain some some job duties. Um, and then when they he was no longer becoming being the registrar of voters, then at that time, the board of supervisors, because it was between elections, it wasn't an elected position at the time. It was appointed back to the clerk functions. It was not held with that clerk function, the county clerk function during those seven or eight years. Does that make sense? No. Can you walk me through that one more time? So the registrar of voters was, was not, not held with the clerk when it, when the clerk functions went, the county clerk functions went with the recorder. Somebody else held the, the um, manager position of that. So the registrar of voters was a separate position And entirely. he had other jobs. Yeah. And he had other jobs. But he was an elected official, so they couldn't take everything away from him. My understanding was that the registrar has always been a function of the clerk. So that's that's what I'm saying. It's not. It wasn't. It was an appointed to back to the clerk because it could be under any elected official. Not just the clerk. Mm -hmm, if you read the statutes. Uh -uh. And in different counties, they do it differently. So I don't I wouldn't say it was with the assessor. Um, it's that's what I've done a lot of research on different counties because this is an issue, but it can be appointed. It can be associated with other parts. Other elected officials. Okay. I had not heard that. I was under the assumption. Andy, can you see if you can find that? Just to, because I want to get all this right. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't, I don't believe that it actually has to be an elected position. Elected official who has. The registrar of voters. Mm -hmm. I, I know that some counties have just a manager for that. An elected, non-elected position. But entirely separate from the clerk and mm -hmm. the recorder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had not heard that. Mm -hmm. I was thought, I was under the impression that. It was always a sub-function of the clerk, and that in 96, the board simply merged the clerk and recorder position. Right. So, from my understanding, the it was not. It was a separate 100%, thing. 100%. The Humboldt history is different than that. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I know that in the county, it gets a little difficult because supposedly Humboldt County does a lot of things. Their own way. Yeah. Or, like or, or at that time, was there a rule in place? Who knows? You know, I mean, they they were literally in a basement, so it wasn't such a big drama at that time. Um, so yeah, different different counties can, can do different things. When I made that comment about Carolyn setting you up, you seem to to kind of hit that. Do you feel like he has done that? I really don't know. It's sad, honestly, that. Um, I feel hurt by some of her actions, yes. In reference to how you ran your campaign? Mm. Or how she helped provide guidance in that? Uh, no, that she... I feel like she told me untruths. Um, because like we had sat down and had lunch. And she told me that she wasn't going to uh, back anyone. And that she and her husband were going to... Um, contribute to my campaign but under the table under the under the radar and those things didn't happen is she backing one mm -hmm. recently recently how recently i'd say a month maybe a little longer so that was a bit of a surprise a slap in the face really that's probably a better way to put it than mm -hmm. surprise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean worked with her for 20 something years and known her for a long time. Why do you think she did that? I can't spe speculate. I really can't. I have 
No idea. Is that who you got a lot of the information from regarding some of it? And then I, I've talked to other board of supervisors. I've done some of my own research, my um, public records requests, um, things like that to get the other research that I've done. And then of course they've done some research on the other state or counties in the state. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. So she said she was going to support you under the radar. That's kind of a red flag. Well, because there were three of us running and she was a good friends with two of us. So, oh, so she wanted to remain impartial. Mm-hmm. And then the one that she wasn't friends with is whom she backed. Slap in the face. Yep. Hmm. Did you find anything on that, Andy? Nothing on the register? Um... Yeah, I wanted to clear that up because when I asked Juan that same question about the emails, because I, again, from an outside perspective, I'm reading this and I don't know if it's, I'm a little jaded towards articles, I think, in a certain way, because you talk the to, media. yeah, you talk <laughs> to the actual people and the stories come out a mm-hmm. little differently. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get mm-hmm. your perspective mm-hmm. because if it's, it's important that the people know who has a say in, in mm-hmm. which aspect mm-hmm. of the political campaign, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they're under the impression that one position is appointed versus it being Well, up and to I'm the not voters, stating it's appointed any longer. I'm saying stating that it was appointed at that time, that it transitioned to that back to the No, clerk. but in reference to the the confusion in your email. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can yeah. understand the confusion, um, understandably, but certainly not my intent to make that confusion. Yeah. Um, misworded for sure. I think that's one touched on that as well. He mm-hmm. said that he didn't want to assume your intent. He didn't think that you were purposely trying to sway people into believing. No, one no, thing or I was, I, I was honestly trying to give a history lesson, and it backfired. Mm-hmm. It did. Well, it's still part of the history. Yeah, that aspect mm-hmm. of the registrars, mm-hmm. if that if that stands. Nothing. nothing so on in 08, you the stuff's not available online. You li- literally have to go into the archives. Oh, to see mm-hmm. that breakdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then we're not going to find that. Yeah. I mean, and oh. it's a history. I mean, it's... Sorry. No worries. We can we can uh, wrap this up. Tiffany, I really appreciate you Thank taking you, the time to come and talk me. with me. I really like your um, picture behind you. Thank Very you. Nice. Very nice. Johnny Cash, are yes, you a fan? a man in black. Okay, of course there I you am. Go. Um, <laughs> I was raised on country, so... Yeah. <laughs> I know he's kind of back there. He's my support network. Yeah, back he's there. watching you though. Yeah, like, he's, he's like back. Nick, stay on the path. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to plug where people can find you, where they can find oh, your campaign? Thank you. So I do have a uh, website, elect Tiffany Hunt Nielsen N I E L S E N dot com, and I do have a Facebook page under the same and Instagram. I do have Twitter, but I'm very bad at it and don't do it very often. And then of course I have a PO box, PO box three hundred three in Eureka nine five five zero two is the uh, mailing address and then my campaign cell phone is 707-601-7477 you're you're brave putting out yourself that is that your real cell phone no, that's okay my campaign i was gonna say phone. that's that and i is do brave. have some in- interesting um people contacting me on it but yeah. i um the other night we did a campaign group of us called uh called some co- called some voters and the response was actually amazing it was really uh, happy, um, but I used my campaign phone. 
<laughs> and I suggested that all my friends push star 67. So <laughs> if you don't want calls back, but the, the response was good. So, well, that's good. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Do you have uh, any parting word, any last thing you would like to no, throw? No, I appreciate you having okay. me on. Yeah. And, thank you for um, taking the time to come hope, do this. hope that people do vote. That's the most important thing. It's not about who you vote for necessarily. I mean, it is vote for me, but um, it's, it matters that you vote. It's a golden ticket. Your, your vote matters. Somebody, it affects somebody's life, not just yours. Well, it affects us all. Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's, and it's your voice. It's mm -hmm. your voice. So use your voice. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Well, thank you, Tiffany. Thank I really, you. I really enjoyed this. It was very fun. I appreciate it.